To the Toffee Blues podcast, your source for all things Everton. My name's uh, Thomas, uh, replacing James today, who's had to step out uh, for other reasons, but I'm, I'm stepping in today. Of course, joined as always by Terry McAllister from the Toffee Blues and uh, a very special guest. We brought on David from the County Road Bobblers podcast. Um, obviously, the group the Brawlers, the brilliant uh, Moise Keane banner uh, that you will have seen at Goodison this season. Uh, so we're just going to go straight into the, the YouTube uh, viewers now. Uh, today's podcast uh, going to start on a bit of a lower note with uh, Fabian Delph, uh, kind of review his season so far. We'll move on to Mason Holgate, obviously a much brighter spark, and then we'll do a new segment on the channel, Keep or Sell, where we're just going to go through the different players and uh, just say whether we keep or sell them. Effectively, very simple uh, idea, but we'll see if it causes any debates. I'm sure we might have some disagreement along the way, but I'll, uh, I'll bring in the YouTube viewers now. Hello and welcome back to the Toffee Blues YouTube channel, your source for all things Everton. My name's Thomas, uh, back with another player review today, getting towards the end of, of the list now. Uh, obviously come from the 2019 to 2020 season, which felt like it went on forever. New season kind of almost just around the corner now, uh, but we're going to get through the, the end of these player reviews. And today, uh, joined by Terry McAllister, obviously of the Toffee Blues, and David from the County Road, County Road Bobblers podcast. Um, first player review we're going to start off with today uh, is Fabian Delph, a player that came on a low fee, looked like almost a no-brainer at the start. You know, he's he men who had experience. It wasn't particularly, it wasn't a lot of money. Um, but obviously, they're my first impression of the deal. Over to Terry first. What were your kind of first impressions? Did you expect it to be a good signing? Because obviously, the the original fee was only something like eight million or something. So it didn't seem like a bad deal. But kind of, what were your first impressions? I was happy with it. I. I... When I first heard it, it was obviously not an overwhelming sign, and it was, you know, very much a, a squad sign. And but you know, it reminded me of like when we signed Naismith, players like that. They, they're not gonna, you know, go straight into your team. They're not gonna change the way you play or anything like that. But they're gonna be a useful squad addition who brings a little bit of, you know, now a little bit of experience. And in Delft's case, we hoped a little bit of leadership to the team. I think, you know, like was mentioned a lot of the time, you know, people that's not lot, a lot of the. Man City documentary where you know where they won the league hadn't been out for that long. It'd been out for like a, you know nine months, ten months when we were in forum. Stopped fresh in everyone's minds. And there was like a clip of him in it. And I remember everyone on Twitter and what have you going, "Oh, well, he looked like a proper leader in in the documentary." So maybe we could do with a bit of that. Plus, the main thing for me was the price. Like you know, in the Premier League, for most clubs, maybe not all, but eight million, it's pretty much risk free. You bring someone in. And if they don't work out, then you're going to make you know most of that money back if you move them on somewhere. So say Delf was to go this summer, and we might not get eight million back for them, but we probably get five or something like that. And, and if there hadn't been you know the effects of of COVID and what have you, it might have even been in, you know getting our money back. So my first impression was fine. I was like, right, nuts and bolts player goes in, adds a little something to the squad. He can supplement some of the other players we're bringing in from abroad, like you know Kabamen and. Moise Keane and what have you, he doesn't need a, you know, a bedding in period, so I was happy with it, you know, I, I wasn't, you know, 
dancing in the streets, but I thought, sensible bye. Um, see how he does, and then we certainly did see how he did. Yeah, definitely. I think I think a lot of people kind of had that initial reaction. You know, it wasn't you know it wasn't setting the world alight. You know, it wasn't like a world beater we were signing, but it was meant to be a solid signing. As we know, it hasn't really worked out since then. Kind of coming over to you, David. What what's been your kind of general impression of Delft this season? Obviously, when he hasn't been injured, when he when he was on the pitch, kind of what were your opinions of him? He's one of them players where if the side's playing well, um, you don't really notice him as much. Um, see, you know. He, you know he does the well, Lee Carsley almost. He does all the uh, you know, the mopping up, the the, the work. But I like to call it the Gabbaman effect. Almost um, what we couldn't have anticipated is uh, it's almost like a domino effect. Gabbaman getting injured, uh, and that shifted a lot of the uh, reliance on the players that we had. Uh, and all of a sudden, Fabian Delph came uh, into the forefront and, and had to be relied on. Now, if we knew Gabamon was going to be injured, I don't think maybe Delph would have ever been the target because of his injury record over the last couple of years. Uh, but you know, when you actually look at his numbers, his numbers aren't that bad. You know, he, you know he passes reasonably well. Uh, you know, he you know gets about the pitch, his, his pressure on the ball. Um, certainly, if you look back to fourteen, fifteen, it was a particularly good season for him. Um, obviously, Gareth Southgate thinks highly of him, as Terry mentioned before about uh, his leadership. He was allowed to fly home from England duties uh, while his wife uh, gave birth and then fly back, which is unheard of in major, major competitions for England. But Southgate allowed it on this particular occasion with Delft uh, because he felt he brought something to the dressing room. So there's a couple of you know managers there that really think highly of his leadership ability. But as I say, the Cabana effect almost that had a knock on on him, um, and I don't think really. I say momentum's everything in football. I don't ever think he's got that momentum at Everton. And as a result, you know, it's it, 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 you know, he's just sometimes if, if you if you lose the crowds and all that, you know, the issues you had in January of Instagram and all that kind of stuff, it's hard to get them back. Um, and it's a bit, you know, it might just be a bit of bad luck. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, it, it, it's a bit of a. It looks like a strange sign, and now did it then? Probably not. But as we've seen, you know, uh, he can't be relied on. Um, but the other side of it, um, you know, if we do improve next season, he can play multiple positions. We haven't got a backup now, but Baines has gone. He can't play left back. You know, there's, there's plenty to think about with him. But you know, if the offer comes in, I'm sure we'll be considering it. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree on most of those points. To be fair, have you got anything to add, Terry? Generally, just about his performance this year. Um, not to add, but I think that's a great point of the, the Gabamon effect. I, I think what that injury did in you know specifically to Delph was Delph went from being the sort of replacement for McCarthy to the replacement for Gay, and he wasn't you know up to that. Like he, he you know if he'd have replaced McCarthy's role in the squad, he'd have been a supplementary midfielder who comes in, you know, can't be put in non-stop because you know he's, his body's not up to it, but he'll come in and he'll. He'll play, you know, five games here, and then he'll have like, you know, ten games out here on the bench or what have you. And you know, he he come in as and when. Whereas when Gabamon got a long term injury, Delph suddenly became, oh, he's the only defensive minded midfielder in the squads. And and as we saw after the lockdown, none of the others are up to it like at all. I think as bad as Delph's been, and he has been bad, which we'll go on to, you know, in more detail now. But he would have been better than probably any of the other three in the centre midfield after the lockdown, just because he's a little bit more, you know, experienced in, in a holding position. 
but yeah, that could have an injury. It affected the whole season, didn't it? I mean, mm. there's something to be said. Well, if that if if one injury to a midfielder can do that, maybe the other signing shouldn't have been dealt. Maybe the other signing should have been someone who was a little bit more up to the defensive side of things or the physical demands of that many games. But his season has been massively affected by an injury from another player, and that's um, so. I, I think if he plays next season, if Carlo you know likes him, wants to keep him. You might see an improvement from him. I don't know whether he'll get the chance. If, as you said, if an offer comes in, I don't think we'll be turning any offers down. But he might be better next season with a different, you know, set of circumstances and a different, you know, like your know, environment in the squad as a whole. Yeah, definitely. And he was clearly brought in to kind of be that that cool head in the midfield, obviously to kind of bed in Gababin, uh, as you both kind of touched on. Uh, he, he knows the Premier League well. He's you know he's been around for. A, for a very long time now, um, but obviously, and I'm going to bring this game up. I'm I'm going to go straight to Terry here because me and Terry have spoken about this before. One of the low points I feel of the season that Newcastle game at Goodison Park. You know, he was brought in as the cool head, get on the ball. You know, relax things. It's it's all got a bit crazy in the last couple of minutes. All you need to do what all you need to do is hold on to the ball. I'm going to go to Terry here. Kind of, what was your reaction from that that Newcastle kind of moment uh, in the last minute, and how telling was that kind of about the the player that Delft's kind of been all season now? I I personally was done with them after that um, because with all the things we've said, like what he was meant to be brought in for, he actually has done the opposite. Like you know, the circumstances notwithstanding, you know, with Kabam and whatever, yeah, he hasn't lived up to his end of the bargain either let's be honest he was brought in to be the experienced calm you know head in the team and you know he's got a team you know a team around him with a lot of young players you know you've got Moise Keane Richarlison Calvert-Lewin Holgate and he's the one like Delph has been one of the most experienced and probably the most decorated or if not one of the most decorated in the squad he's the one who's Applying to fans on social media uh, when they're angry after a, a derby, you know, embarrassing defeat. He's the one who's getting himself sent off in, in away games for tackling when there's not none against Watford. The players running down a blind alley and he gets himself sent off when you're already on a yellow. He's the one who you've only got 10 seconds to, to keep the ball and you'll win the game against Newcastle and he pumps he punts it about 50 feet in the air, about two yards away from him. He's the one who's going with his own foot defending a set piece against Bournemouth away it's just how can he be he's gone the complete opposite way for what he was meant to be doing you could forgive a young player for making mistakes and doing ill-advised things that Delph's been doing but not Delph he's actually been the polar opposite to what he was brought in for so that's it hasn't worked out for that reason like yeah he had things against them like we've said with the circumstances and the amount of games he's had to play but he hasn't helped himself either yeah I agree I mean kind of touched on the social media thing for me that was when I was like really disappointed with him first of all I want to say I don't advocate you know hurling abusive players on Instagram I, I don't see where that gets anyone it was a pointless thing to do and I, I don't see we should do it but he absolutely shouldn't have replied he's still a professional footballer at the end of the day and he also the way he replied I don't know about you two but in my like opinion he just seemed quite arrogant he seemed like he was part of a winning side then had a poor game that game was like kind of the epitome of the whole season. You know, he wasn't playing well, team wasn't playing well, and he kind of came back. Like, I can't even remember what he said. And obviously there was a moment with Holgate when he asked to show him some respect or something. He just had, for me, he just has a certain arrogance about him. So he's come from City, he's won titles, but now now he's come to go to some park. He doesn't have the titles next to him. He's not next to winners. And kind of when it's been kind of, like when he's been exposed almost on the pitch, he can't hide really. I mean, especially now. 
um, in our ridiculously weak midfield. But obviously Terry's kind of mentioned a couple of moments where he'd kind of lost faith in Delph. Are there any that kind of stand out to you, David, about where you maybe lost faith in him at some point in the season? I mean, I think, again, it's hard to actually... I always say, what are the players' highlights? And it's hard to actually think back and think if there are any. And I've, I've, I've talked constantly on, on the podcast we do about us having too many sixes one week and uh, not enough, uh, and maybe an eight the next week and uh, not enough sevens. We don't have um, continually uh, consistent players. You know, Awobi's a prime example. He might play really well one week and, you know, some will say he doesn't at all, but he may have a particularly good game for him and then he'd be five or six, you know, for the next two or three games. Delphi can't actually, you know, it's highly to the season. You can't actually think back of them. Um, I actually spoke to, to Greg O'Keefe back in January about that, that social media incident and, and gave him a bit of a, just a, a discussion uh, that went in the Athletic. And at that time, I remember saying to Greg, um, you know, I, I just um, think he's been really unlucky with injuries, but, he just hasn't done anything since. You know, he's he's done nothing to inspire us. He's done nothing to show us um, that we should stick with him. Um, the only highlight I can remember is the Arsenal away, the three-two defeat. He probably played all right that game, but bar that, you know, I can't think of, of any highlight for him um, that, that I can think back. And that says it all, really, for an Everton player. Yeah, I agree. And kind of moving on, I mean, we could we could talk honestly about how much of a disappointing sign he has been this season. Obviously, we're in the window now. We've mentioned, obviously, if the club get an offer for him, you know, they might take it. Kind of start with Terry. What what would you kind of just do with him next? Are you kind of looking to actively move him on? Are you keeping him around until an offer comes? Or are you just kind of, you know, he might be, a, you know, and we've spoken about this with Guilty Six and, uh, in the past, to be fair. He's rubbish on the pitch, but Ancelotti clearly likes him as, as a leader in the dressing room. He keeps giving him the captain's armband. We clearly don't see half of what goes on uh, at the club. So what, what would you kind of do with him next, Terry? Um, I don't think he's one of those, you know, if it's made a list of the players who the club need to get out, he's, you know, he's definitely on it, but he's not at the top. There's other players, you know, who are, you know, like, you know, Balassi and Besic and player and Sandro, players who aren't contributing anything but they're taking money out. Then you've got, for me, the Sigurdsons and I was going to say Schneider and then, but he's gone, but the Sigurdsons are, you know, who are taking significant money and, and, Absolutely awful, but then you're probably arriving at Delph. So, I, Delph's one of them. I'd like to see him moved on, but I'm realistic about the chances of us moving him on. I, he's getting linked with Leeds. Are people serious? Have you ever watched? Have you watched Leeds recently? He'd absolutely <laughs> fall apart and playing their way. It's like the most high intensity, you know, high work rate style going. And you know, Bielsa's not going to have like you know, a player who's made a you know, cardboard glass, whatever, like. I don't know. I, I think he's going to be one of them where he'll have enough uses that will keep him around for the, you know, he's only, did he sign a three-year contract? I think it was. I think yeah. it was a three-year. I'm not a hundred. It was a, David, yeah. Um, sure, I, yeah. So I think, I think barring an unexpected bid, I think we'll keep him around and use him as a utility player um, for the rest of his contracts. That's this season and next season and then we'll probably just let him go. But I, I wouldn't be expecting him to start many games next season providing Gabamon can come back from the injury and stay fit this time. I think he'll be the uh, the fourth choice midfielder if if that you know if that happens um, that's not even including any any new players who come in. Yeah, I agree. I mean I, I can personally see him sticking around purely because and some people might not like it, but at the end of the day we have no depth at left back. We can't afford to just stick on Cuckoo. He wasn't even ready for League 1. I mean there like uh, people who know the French League a lot better than me said 
lot of raw talent, but he wasn't ready to make the step up to the first team. So he's definitely not ready to make the step up here. And there's no point in, you know, throwing him in. I mean, to be fair to Luca Dini, he doesn't get many injuries that I can really think of. He hasn't really spent that much time injured while he's been here. But at the end of the day, if the club are looking at, you know, money might be a bit tighter than usual, FFP, can we really be afforded to go and spend the money on a left-back? Probably not. Uh, there's much more pressing matters kind of elsewhere in the squad. And, but I am slightly concerned about Fabian Delph in a 4-4-2 kind of system because, I mean, we've seen with players like Gomez who they might have technical ability. Are they like workhorses? Absolutely not. Uh, do they have a lot of energy? No. And they, they've been exposed uh, recently. So I think if we keep him around, he will be used more predominantly as a backup left back uh, more than anything because we are clearly looking to recruit in central midfield and we won't want just an abundance of players in central midfield. Yeah, we can keep hiring better ones. But if you've still got the old ones kind of hanging about, you're going to have to start shifting them eventually. So I can see him stay. Um, David, what are your opinions on it? I agree with, with most of the points that have been made. You know, he will get um, probably kept just because of his ability to play in numerous positions. Um, obviously, when we're under pressure as well, you know, you could potentially play him on the left and in a four-four-two as, as a left midfielder as well. So they may take in a, a more attacking player off in the last ten minutes. We know Carla likes to close games down. Uh, and they can double up on that left-hand side as well. Uh, but I think purely because of um, you know the FFP reasons, probably only going to be signing four players, three players. Uh, and as Teddy alluded to, he's probably one of you know the, there's players above him that we need to shift first. Uh, even you know he's like many though you know he can he can tick a lot of them off. Uh, if a substantial big comes in, 100% acceptable. Is it likely? Probably not. So for that reason alone, I'd, I'd say he's staying. Yeah, I agree. And then kind of just to round off the video, as we always do, um, Terry, uh, you're rating out of 10 for Delft this season? Two. Two out of 10. Two. Uh, David? Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't disagree. It's not, it's not anything over five. He's done nothing, really. It's not good yeah. enough in a football player. I, I'd love if someone goes back to all the player reviews and we get an average of, of what Terry's given the players this season. I, I can't see it being, a, being above an average of five, but perfectly reasonable, to be fair. I'd probably give him like a three. Um, poor, poor all season. He, he didn't look. I mean, I understand. You know, he was kind of thrust into a role that he wasn't meant for, as, as Terry said. Kind of, he almost had to replace Gay at some point, which he clearly was never the midfielder for. But to be fair, what he was meant to do—leadership, cool head on the ball—he's been none of that. Uh, to be fair, uh, but we're going to round it off there anyway. We don't want to dwell on the negatives too much. We do want to look ahead. Um, to next season. So thank you all very much for watching. Uh, thank you to Terry and David for coming on. Um, our next player review will be on uh, Mason Holgate, so a much brighter spark. So sure to check that out on the channel as well. Check out David's social media in the description, Terry's, mine, and of course all the Toppy Blues social media. So thank you very much for watching and join us next time on the Toppy Blues. I'll quickly get a drink because it is roasting in this room. <laughs> and we're gonna gonna move on to Mason Holgate. Um, next up, um, obviously the podcast is still going, isn't it? I'm not, I'm not really used to this. Uh, obviously, Mason Holgate uh, will be coming up uh, next. Much brighter spark. Um, thankfully, he's, he's probably going to get a, a higher rating than two uh, by Terry. So we'll, we'll see about that when we get in the video. So I'll bring the YouTube viewers back in now. Hello and welcome back to the Toffee Blues YouTube channel, your source for all things evident. My name's Thomas, joined again by Terry and David. Um, today, another uh, player review. This time, uh, probably one of the, the only uh, player reviews that are actually going to be mainly positive this season. Haven't had too many of them. Mason Holgate, uh, of course, um, last season went on loan to West Brom. Uh, did all right there, came back, was probably expecting to be second fiddle 
Uh, he's already mentioned kind of in an Everton interview that he was maybe expecting to go back out on loan. Apparently he had had that discussion with um, uh, Marcel Brands that he didn't really see a place for himself in the uh, starting eleven. He's brought in the starting eleven absolutely brilliantly. Uh, some might say it to become our best centre-back now, but we're going to come to that later. Uh, starting with David, what were your kind of expectation, uh, expectations, expectations for Holgate coming into uh, this season? Uh, in short, no. Um, I, I, you know, I, we've held our hands up. Uh, a few of us uh, discussed this at the start of the season on our podcast. Um, he had a fairly average season um, in uh, the Championship uh, on loan. And uh, for someone who's actually be a staunch uh, supporter of, of Dominic Carbot-Lewin, to say, give him time, I was actually the opposite way around on Holgate, which is a bit hypocritical, really. Um, you know, it's taught me a lot of lessons watching how he's developed this season. Uh, my my doubt with, with Holgate was simply where you play him. Um, I didn't think he was big enough, broad enough to play centre half in the Premier League. A couple of the games I've seen him uh, play in the League Cup against you know lower down opposition. I think he struggled there, and uh, also right back. I didn't think he was dynamic enough to play a full back. Uh, so uh, you know, I possibly see that he could possibly play a part in a back three, uh, but we you know at the time it, it looked unlikely that we were playing it. So I didn't actually have a lot of expectations, and it's probably a big lesson to be learned for not just me but many other Evertonians who, who may have written them off uh, at the start of the season. Uh, what can be done if you you know you give the youth a chance and and you stand by them? Yeah, and over to you, Terry. What what were your expectations from uh, coming into the season? Exactly the same. Exactly the same. I think it was uh, January or February. I put a I put on Twitter of um, it's like a gif of the Simpsons uh, where they're pulling a chair up to like an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting where you know, and I put my name's Terry McAllister and I was a Mason Holgate doubter. <laughs> And uh, the county no bobblers account got straight back to me, replied and said, "Yeah, pull up a chair for me as well, because whereas when I didn't see it with Holgate, I'd, I'd much like David, I um, I didn't see where he played. I could, I didn't think he was big enough to be a centre back. I didn't think he was good enough going forward to be a full back. I thought, like you know yourselves, that a back three might suit him, the right hand side of the back three, because that was the only you know position he'd excelled in prior to that." Um, but he's proved, you know, he's he's had such a turnaround this season. He's proved the doubters and myself, like myself, included him, completely wrong because he's come in, he's made that centre back position his own, and he's come on leaps and bounds, hasn't he? Like he, we weren't making it up. He was, you know, a bit ropey before this season. His positioning wasn't great. He was, you know, he was he was even, you know, a bit dodgy on one of the goals for Lincoln earlier in the you know the season. I think it was the very first goal, like the very first minute, or his positioning wasn't very good. But then he just much like Dominic Calvert-Lewin, it gets less headlines because he's not scoring goals. But when Duncan Ferguson took over, he just sort of, you know, the the jet the jet boosters got put on his progression, and he he just grabbed hold of the opportunity and established himself in the team. And now, I think going into next season, it's quite it's quite a safe assumption to think he's going to be the number one centre back. It's if we buy one, it's going to be partnered with him until you know further notice. I can't see him going back to the bench because. Even after lockdown, when he picked up his injury, the team's defensive performance has dropped off. They didn't drop off a cliff because Jared Branthwaite came in and played well, but they weren't as good without him. Yeah, I agree. And um, I mean, definitely my kind of impressions of him coming into this season, I thought he was destined to kind of become another Luke Garbutt, another Callum Connolly, you know, a player that looked all right at a certain level, wasn't really going to make it. But I mean, he's, he's proven all three of us wrong. I'm, I mean, I'm... I'm not. I'm not too fussed about that. I'm. I'm quite glad that he's proved us wrong. I think he's been 
time and time again where maybe we've called a young player to do well, hasn't really materialised, but clearly uh, Hoggett's uh, proved a lot of his, his doubters wrong this season. And Terry's just mentioned there that he thinks he might be kind of the number one centre-back going into next season. Uh, do you agree with that, David? 100%. Um, you know, he, he's filled out a lot. You know, he had a bit of aggression in him, as we see him, and he, he threw Bobby Firmino uh, for one uh, for the echo in the crowd. So, you know, he's had, always had a bit of aggression, but, you know, he's actually feel, physically filled out now. He's bold, he's brave, you know, he's good on the ball. His stats add up. You listen to Rio Ferdinand talk about him the other day, described him as a, you know, a potential elite centre-back. Um, you know, he can take um, teams out the, the game when he drives the ball forward and he moves it forward fast. It's everything that we're missing. And then when you add to that the fact that, you know, he, he hasn't really had any protection in front of him in central midfields, that only kind of highlights what, what a player he's been, you know, and we've needed his athleticism because we've, we've struggled really with having athletic players in that, that spine. And he's, you know, he, he's got that in abundance as well. Um, so without doubt, you know, he's a starter next year and uh, it just shows you what we can do, a bit of faith sometimes with these lads. Um, and it's a lesson learned from me. Um, and sometimes if you look, we spent, uh, you know, nearly 50 million on Mina and Keane. We may, you know, if Jags would have signed that contract, we may have moved Holgate on. Or, you know, or we got Rojo on the deadline day, um, you know, and spent more money maybe that wasted. It just shows you sometimes you don't need to spend a bag full of money, you just need to empower the players that are already there um, and believe in them. Yeah, I completely agree. And obviously, Terry, you, you kind of mentioned when Duncan Ferguson came in, he did kind of did kind of propel himself into the first team. Maybe not in the way some of us expected, obviously, away to Manchester United, um, kind of going into central midfield. How impressed were you kind of with his versatility uh, at that point? Because obviously, as, as we've all mentioned, we all had doubts whether he could play centre-back, let alone right-back, let alone central midfield, really. Kind of, how impressed were you, uh, were you um, with him in that game? I mean, his, his flexibility, never mind how much it's impressed me, it's probably impressed Carlo Ancelotti because there was a spell when, you know, in the middle of the, was it February, where every single game, for the past, like, was it 15 games, 20 games? Um, Holgate had played every one of them. He was the only player who hadn't come out the team. Um, and he's, you know, he played midfield against Man United, which took everyone by surprise because the, the formation on the sky graphic and everything was three at the back and, and Dunk pulled a fast one. But then people don't remember, he, he went and played for a spell of the game at left-back against Newcastle away as well. And, you know, obviously we know he can play right-back. And I think that has appealed to Carlo that is... His versatility is not something like, oh, I'll play him in lots of positions, but it shows his, um, how fluid he is as a footballer. Like he's good on the ball. He's you know physically got the you know the attributes now, and he's he's adaptable. Like you know that's what Carlo you know seems to, to like like in players. He's talked about he doesn't want a team to have one identity. So why would he want players to have one identity? He probably likes players who can well if I get an injury at left back, and I've you know got no one on the bench, then I can just shunt. You know, Holgate across and he'll acquit himself and we'll see the game out. And he's made himself indispensable to the team. If you look up the spine of the team, um, there's only a couple of players now who are nailed on starters. And I think, you know, there's the big the big four of players, the two strikers, Calvin Lewin, Richarlison, Luca Dean, and I think Mason Holgate are the four you know, guaranteed starters in this team. And no one else is safe apart from maybe Pickford, but that's another matter. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean Coming into the season, I definitely didn't expect to see him uh, playing in central midfield. I didn't expect to see him playing at all, uh, as we all mentioned. But he definitely he fit into the role brilliantly. And it almost got to a point during kind of the, the restart, uh, that, that kind of period of football that seems like it was the biggest whirlwind that, that we'll kind of ever see. It almost seemed like 
the midfield at one point needed Holgate more than defensive. There was a lot of shouts for him, to be fair, to kind of move in the midfield before he got injured, which I think says a lot about his character, you know. And it's good to see young players coming up. And, you know, I've I've heard Terry mention it in a, in a couple of uh, videos and podcasts now. It's important for young players coming up to just say, you know what, I'm just going to go anywhere. It might not be your most natural position, but to kind of break yourself into the team, it's so important to kind of just get anywhere and just show how good you are. And uh, obviously, Holgate has been uh, brilliant, uh, brilliant to the extent that we all kind of agree he is the number one centre-back. Over to you, David, now. Kind of, if he's the number one centre-back, who are you starting next to him uh, at the start of next season? Uh, again, you know, next season, uh, we've already seen marginal gains uh, in terms of set pieces, uh, the way our defence, you know, has improved under, under Carlo Ancelotti. That will only improve, improve again, in my opinion, Um even if we don't bring anyone else in there, I would like to see us get Gabriel. Um, and if that's the case, it would be a very balanced back four. We'll have a left footer in there and we'll have someone else with pace. Um, so I think we are looking for someone there. We're looking for someone you know who's got a natural fit and you know and a left foot. Um, if not, I think he may look outside Zuma. Uh, so whoever we bring in, I do think that, that that's you know that that's who will play there. Would I have any kind of major concerns about Mina or Keane starting next room next season? Probably not. As I've said, you know, I do think these players will improve as we improve in front of them as well. You know, if, uh, you know, I think these can you know any anyone can go in there and do well. Um, so uh, it, it just depends really what we do in the transfer window. But I'm happy for a rotation system with Keenan and Mina playing alongside him in worst case scenario, and then likes of Bramfweight maybe just being a, a bit of a backup there, um, maybe playing in the league cup. Uh, but but we'll see what the uh, the window brings. Yeah, definitely. And obviously the club seemed quite keen on bringing a centre back, which I was personally surprised about kind of going into the window because we know we can't sign loads of players. And I thought maybe centre back wasn't our major concern, but clearly the club are very much they've been interested in Gabriel kind of since January. Obviously, that was before Branthwaite's breakout into the team. Uh, we, we've we've spoken in depth about Branthwaite on the player review. So if you want to hear more about that, uh, do check out that video. Kind of if we don't end up signing Gabriel. And then we kind of have to focus our attention elsewhere, Terry. Um, and we don't sign a centre back. Would you be? Would you? Do you kind of agree with David? Uh, would you kind of be rotating Keane and Mina? Would you even potentially bring in Branthwaite? Uh, kind of what would? Who would you partner with Holgate now? Um, I think any of them can partner Holgate. It's it's only a problem if the others partner each other long term. I think Holgate can work with Mina. He can work with Keane. He can work. We haven't seen him with Branthwaite, but I wouldn't be surprised if um, if that works as well. I think I know a lot of people are saying why are we prioritising a centre back because we've got you know quite strong at centre back on paper. I don't think it's about personnel. I think it's about a shape and a system and a team that you want to implement. It's like yeah, we've got say four decent centre backs, but he might want a particular you know model of centre back and a particular profile type of player to fit his team vision. And we haven't got one. We might have. You need an A and a B, and we might have four A's, and we haven't got a B, and we might just say, "Well, I need a B, and then we can get rid of one of the A's." I can't have, you know, like loads of A's if, you, if that makes sense. <laughs> um, I wouldn't. I, I, I personally, you know, the lockdown performance is notwithstanding, and prefer Mina to Michael Keane. I think Michael Keane, you know, gave a, a very good account of himself in the post-lockdown games, but I still think Mina's a better player. Um, I think he makes a better partnership with uh, Holgate. So I'd go with Mina and Holgate if we don't bring in Gabriel, personally. Yeah. Uh, one of the things actually quite interesting now, we do have Ancelotti 
Um, he does kind of like Coleman to kind of tuck in almost as a third centre-back sometimes. So you'd expect Coleman to be on the right. Obviously, you could put Holgate on the left. They're clearly looking for a kind of a left-footed centre-back. So then after that, I'm not really sure how almost Mina and Keane almost kind of fit in because obviously Holgate is starter. You need Coleman for the balance when you when you are on a 4-4-2 uh, to have a have an out-and-out right-back. And then it almost seems like there's there's kind of no place left for Mina or Keane. So we'll, we'll have to see how that goes, really. Um I can see, to be honest, I can't actually see a sign of centre-back now. Um, it seems like we've missed out for Gabriel. Obviously, we won't know. Apparently, he's been making his mind up for the past four months and he, and he still can't decide where he wants to go. Um, so, we'll have to see how that goes. But, personally, I, I actually can't see us getting a centre-back now um, because I think if we lose out on Gabriel, potentially we go in for Zuma. Do I want another loan for Zuma? Not really. Uh, I think we just need a sign-in now. Uh, it was really good when Zuma was here. We kind of got... We, I mean, we openly got rejected when we went back in from on a permanent... And I wouldn't want to see him come in on loan then kind of, I mean, maybe financially uh, it might make sense, but I don't really want another kind of loan kind of stopgap uh, centre-back coming in. Uh, so we'll have to see how that one develops. And I always feel like when we talk about a player review, which is more positive, we actually, we take less time talking about them than, than the negative ones, which, which feels a bit ridiculous. But we have kind of come to the end of the video now and um, kind of what I've been bracing myself for. Terry, how would you rate Mason Holgate uh, this season? Nine out of ten. That, that's definitely impressive. <laughs> that's probably me, me highest of the season, and it's not. Don't confuse that with he's not a nine out of ten player. I just think he's had a nine out of ten season. I think he's been one of the brightest points of the season because he's, he's an asset we didn't know we had. We didn't know we had this. This you know we all went into this season pretty much thinking, apart from the odd person, that we only had two centre backs plus this half a centre back in Holgate. And we were just praying they didn't get injured. We've come out of it where he's been one of the most consistent, most impressive players. He's you know he's gone into midfield away at Old Trafford and looked so good that there's people calling for him to start in midfield now. Over twenty five million pound, forty five million pound players. I think he's he's had a brilliant breakout season. Like if 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 you look at other players around Europe who've broke out this season, like. Erling Haaland's, yeah, they get the headlines because they're obviously in Europe and they're scoring goals and what have you. But I'm sure they win, you know, I'm sure players like him weren't brilliant from the way it go. But when they took off, they took off. And I think Olgate had a similar season. It's just not as sexy because we have, we're obviously not as good a team as, as, as Salzburg or Dortmund. And we're obviously not, you know, winning things and we're not. He's not a striker, but I think he's had that type of breakout season. So I'd give him a nine. I think he's been our most with him and Calvert Lewin. I think he's been our most impressive player this season. Yeah, it was almost a bit Louis Van Hal there from uh, from Terry, <laughs> given his review of Holgate. There, uh, I, I definitely agree. I think he's been very impressive. David, what would you rate Holgate out of ten? Uh, yeah, you know, it, it could easily be a nine. I give him a solid eight, just because you know it's not his fault, but he didn't start the season. Um, but the Barnsley Brazy, you know, he, he quickly got into gear for us towards the back end of the season. And I particularly like his self awareness as well. You know, he's, 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 you know, he reviews himself. He, you know, he, he knows he has to do better. And that's a good quality in a player. You know, he, we've seen players like Luckman, you know, I think didn't have much self awareness. You know, he, he thought he was better than he was at the time and wasn't willing to get his head down and work hard to improve. Uh, Holgate seems the opposite. Uh, he seems like a very self-aware player. You know, he demands the best out of himself, uh, and he knows where he wants to be in his career. So a solid eight, and I don't doubt that he's only going to get better again next season. Yeah, I completely agree. I think I'll go somewhere in the middle. I'll, I'll just give him like an eight and a half. I mean, I'm not sure about you two, but I almost saw him 
potentially get into the England team for the Euros this summer. I mean, we've spoken about, I mean, the press have spoken about, you know, your, your Tarkovsky's player like that. He didn't have a brilliant season. He had another all right season, but Holgate was absolutely brilliant for me. And um, we won't dwell, obviously, too much because obviously there are no Euros uh, this year. Uh, that'll be coming back next year. So hopefully he can have another another good season. But Terry, do you agree? Did you kind of almost see him potentially bring in the England team this summer? I don't know about the tournaments, but he definitely started getting his name mentioned for the um, for the England like selections, didn't he? Calvert Lewin and, and Holgate. It's like a double edged sword, really, because they were they were gonna get called up, I think, especially Calvert Lewin, but he probably Holgate as well. They were both gonna get called up in the next international break, right before the, the lockdown came in. But it may have also been a bit too soon to get on the plane to a tournament because you know they've only ju- they'll have only just come in the camp like about two three months before the tournament. It might have been too quick for them. So in a way, yeah, they've lost that momentum. But now they've got a whole extra season to force their way into. They could be you know there hasn't been an England camp since that one. So they might the plans might still be to call the two of them up, and then they've got a whole year then to try and establish themselves and get on playing for the the rearranged tournament so I mean I hope they do I mean I, I'm not one of the, I'm not I don't really care about England I think a lot of Evertonians don't if they're local to Liverpool but I like the players to to get called up to the national team because it means a lot to them and it it's a sometimes a catalyst for them to perform even better unless you're Pickford but, uh, <laughs> but yeah I, I think he I think he would have and I still think he can if he carries on his form into next season because you know he's got time on his side. He's younger than a lot of the other players who he's competing with, and some of the other players are on the way down, like John Stones. Yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, David, you got anything to add there just before we end the video? Yeah, just you know, he's only he's, he's only has a handful of appearances for the you know if you looked at on the ranks as well. Then I think eight appearances for the under twenty ones and and six uh, sorry for the under twenties and six for the under twenty one. So he's not one of these players really that's come. He plays a lot of games right down up and down the England youth system. Uh, yeah, it's no strange that Gareth Southgate likes players to be capable on the ball, likes them to move it from front to back pretty quickly and get a team. So obviously that's been Pickford's um, friend, really, because he's probably one of the best distributors out of the keeper we've got. You know, argument-wise, um, he's had a poor season, but his distribution continues to impress. Um, and the stats back that up as well. Uh, Mason Allgate's got three assists this season as well. James Madison has actually got three assists so when you think of a you know a, a really good well perceived very good um, uh, attacking midfielder getting the same amount of assists as him, I mean he's only actually played half a season really uh, in the first team. So yeah, I think for for, for them reasons alone, he's a Southgate type of player, and uh, I, I can see Southgate embracing him, especially with Ferdinand. Will be probably I'll be having a word to him as well. Uh, yeah, I completely agree. Um... Very, very high high reviews from us all there. Uh, Mason Holgate, very impressive this season. Uh, of course, let us know down in the comments what you've thought about Mason Holgate's season. Um, uh, check out David's social media, Terry's mine, all the Toffee Blues. Check out all the other videos we've been doing as well. Uh, bringing you daily 24-7 transfer kind of rumour videos. Plenty of these player reviews um, up on the channel and still a couple more to come. Uh, so thank you very much for watching and join us next time on the Toffee Blues. And now going into the, the final segment of the podcast, I'm going to have to get my phone out uh, for this one because I, I don't know the squad off by heart. Um, but uh, our next segment uh, is going to be a new one that we haven't really done on the channel before. Um, we're going to go through pretty much every player. It's going to be a keep or sell. Uh, we're not going to go into too much detail about why. Maybe just kind of, we'll just say keep, sell, maybe like 
one or two senses about why I think that maybe some of the controversial ones uh, we can debate more. Um, obviously, some are going to have more conversation than other, uh, but we'll just get into that right now and I'll bring the YouTube viewers back in. Hello and welcome back to the Toffee Blues YouTube channel, your source for all things evident. My name's Thomas, uh, back again with Terry and David of the County Road Bobblers podcast. Uh, today, uh, a bit of a different segment on the channel. Uh, we're going for a keep or sell video. Uh, I'm going to rattle off kind of pretty much all the names in the squad. Um, we're going to say whether we'd keep or sell them. I think we can throw loan in there as well because there'll be a couple of players which that will apply to. Um, we're not going to go into too much detail about some of the more obvious ones. Some of the less obvious ones, if we might disagree, I'm sure we'll have a bit of a debate about. Uh, but we've got we've obviously got plenty of players to go through. So starting off, potentially with one of the more controversial ones, Terry, John Pickford, keep or sell? In an ideal world, sell. But it's, we're not going to, are we? Because no one's going to buy him. And when they're not going to buy him for a price that we'd accept, so keep due to necessity. David, it's good. yeah, exactly the same. It, 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 we're not going to get the money for him that, that we need to, to cover his book value. Uh, so yeah, it's going to have to be keep. Yeah, I agree. Keep. Um, I think the I think the more important kind of transfer business as a goalkeeper is someone to push him, not kind of someone to replace him. Really. Uh, so we'll see what kind of happens. It might not happen this summer. Might not happen the, the summer after. We'll have to see how that goes. But so that that's that's three keeps for John Pickford. Of course, uh, for all these players, let us know down in the comments what you think about each one. Next goalkeeper, Jonas Losel. Uh, Terry, keep or sell? Keep a guess. We haven't seen him play. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he's another one. Pickford's got a keep with an asterisk, and so is Losel. We've He's a um, keeper than Asterix because, yeah, possibly sell him, but then I don't want to have to, I don't want the club to be looking at goalkeepers when they've got other, you know, important positions to be looking at. So I think goalkeepers are a position you leave alone. So for this summer, anyway, keep. David? Sell. Um, I don't think, uh, by the man of the match performance, he has like most keepers do at Goodison Park when, when they come here um, for Huddersfield. I don't think uh, there's been enough. Uh, for me, um, so I get the money we need from, and 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 into the market to bring in a reasonably priced backup. It might have to be you know a slightly aging keeper, uh, or some someone that can come in with a, a steady pair of hands, which is a bit of a big task, but, but they are out there. Uh, yeah, and then I'm not gonna. I'd, I'd actually personally sell him. I think if you can get an all right fee from, obviously we signed him on a free, uh, which which is what it is. If Huddersfield maybe want him on a permanent. Uh, let him go, see if he can get someone else. Obviously, we've been linked with Romero from Manchester United. Uh, so we'll see after, see how that one goes. Um, I mean, we could mention Joe Virginia, but I'd imagine we'll all kind of agree. Keep him, he's still part of the under-23s, really. Nothing really uh, to go on there. Uh, next up, Seamus Coleman. Uh, Terry? Keep, keep. I think he's got uh, a big role still to play in the squad and in the club. He's clearly one of Carlo's men. Um, obviously, he's not the player he used to be, but he's... Um, not finished just yet. He sort of reinvented himself as that um, inverted, you know, right fullback that Carlo's been using in this system. So it's a definite keep for me. But you know, I have one eye on 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 a successor, the same way we had Dean with Baines. Yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, keep him obviously for his for his influence that he has. Obviously, some people, uh, some McAllisters might even debate that he doesn't have a great uh, influence now, and he's not very captain-like. Uh, but I'd keep him, David. Uh, do you agree? Yeah, keep up. Uh, same situation as Baines, um, like like was mentioned. Then bring in a you know replacement this summer, uh, and have uh, Coleman as a capable backup. Uh, yeah, and then next one, I'm not even going to put it up for debate. Luca Dean, we've all mentioned one of the most important players in the squad. Three keeps from us there. 
Uh, this is where we're going to bring in the loan option. Uh, obviously, if you want it, Lewis Gibson. Uh, Terry, what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, loan. I mean, I think that's the plan anyway, isn't it? Loan him out, see how, you know, at a, at a higher level than Fleetwoods and see how he develops and then make a decision from there next summer. Simple as that. Yeah, David? Totally agree. Keep. Uh, sorry, loan. <laughs> Apologies. Uh, keep him long term. I think he's in a, you know, an actual player. Uh, great left foot. Uh, but yeah, he needs that the higher level loan uh, to push him to that next level now. Yeah, definitely. Keep him, loan him out, uh, see what he's potentially get him on a championship loan now. Uh, kind of the step up from League One. He's obviously had that year or the half a year with Fleetwood. See what he can do. Um, someone, again, the next name I'm not going to go into, Mason Holgate. Uh, if you've seen our Mason Holgate play review, you'll know we're, uh, we're all big fans of him. Uh, if you haven't watched it, be sure to check that one out. Next up, Michael Keane. Uh, David? I think we're going to have to make a decision on this. Con- you know, he's moving this. Uh, it will be two years on his contract, so we're going to have to have him offer, offer him a contract or sell him. So that will pretty much depend on if we do get another centre-half and I think we may then look to move him on. Um, so it will be dependent. Uh, I know it's a bit of a sitting on the fence answer, but if we don't get another centre-half, keep and offer him a new contract. If we do, then I think we'll look at getting a value for him elsewhere in the sell. Uh, yeah, Terry? Sell. Um, for the same reasons uh, David mentioned about the contract and this, you know making the decision, I think now is the, the ideal time too because his stock will be high because he had good performances very recently in the you know, last part of the season. I think his value, bizarrely, you know, with the players' values going down, his value will actually be higher now than it would have been if the lockdown hadn't happened. So for me, if, if we're getting another centre-back, obviously at the time of recording, we're still in for Gabriel and you've got to assume if we don't get him, we'll be looking at other players like that. Um, it's a case straight up decision between keeping Keane and keeping Mina because there's only one place for that type of centre back and I personally would sell Keane for as much as you can and keep Mina so sell uh, yeah I'd personally say um, probably keep uh, to be honest uh, unless an offer comes in for him he's kind of one of those like don't actively look to ship him out but you know, if a good offer comes in for him, you, you can't really turn it down uh, to almost kind of protect players like Gibson and Branthwaite, who we won't want to just throw in at the first team straight away and potentially jeopardise their careers. Um, obviously, kind of maybe the opposite side of this. Uh, Yerry Mina, Terry, keep or sell? Uh, yeah, just oh, yeah. Based on what I said before, keep <laughs> definitely keep. Uh, yeah, David. Keep. Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, I think he's much more. Um, I think he's just a better player than Michael Keane, uh, pretty much. Potentially more injury-prone. He's actually played a lot of minutes. There is a bit of a myth going around at the moment that he is injury-prone, but he's, he's actually, you know, he's um, he's played quite a few games for us this season. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd keep Yerry Mina, definitely. If, if I was going to look to sell a centre-back, it would be Michael Keane, um, a player that's actually not on my list that I've just thought of. Uh, Jared Branthwaite, of course. Terry keeps sell alone. What would you do with him? Oh, um, well, definitely not sell, but keep yeah. all... Keep or loan, it depends on what the rest of the centre back situation is. I'd be tempted to keep him around and, and use him because, you know, say we say we get Gabriel for argument, say you've got Holgate, you've got Mina, you've got Gabriel, then the fourth centre back can be can be Branthwaite, or, you know, he's on the left side as well. So it'd be Keen and, uh, sorry, Mina and, and Holgate for one side and Gabriel and slash other centre back, new centre back. And Branthwaite on the left side. So, yeah, I'm going to say keep rather than... Uh, yeah, remarkably, actually, I've just seen him on my list. He's been placed in midfielders on the list I've got off Google. I'm not really sure why they've done that. Um, David, keep sell low. 
keep, yeah, no, just for the not for any reason, I keep him. Yeah, um, I mean the next the next name on my list, Sun Cuckoo, obviously uh, keep. I mean we we know nothing about him. Literally, he has to spend time with the under twenty threes. I think before you even consider a loan. So we'll brush over that one. Um, one that I'm actually, I, I personally think we should definitely sell. Um, I don't really get even how he's still here. Really, uh, Terry Benny Benny Gimme, uh, keep or sell? Is sell. He's yeah. if he was, if he was ever going to play, it would have been after the lockdown when we had. Lots of injuries, lots of fatigue. Game every few days, and the midfield were playing disastrously, and he still couldn't get on the pitch. So, good luck to the lad. I hope he has a good career, but he's not going to make it here. So, I'd say so. Yeah, David. Yeah, same. So, I've got to be ruthless with these things. He's not. He's not going to make the first team. Uh, we need to. We need to start chipping these players off the books. We can't have more uh, garbage where we just keep them around for the sake of it. Yeah, some positive signs as well, kind of going towards that. Obviously, we've seen Dal go to Norwich, uh, which, I mean, I'm not sure how much we got for him. It would have been a lot of money, but they're kind of, Ben and Gimme kind of falls into the same bracket of players that are never going to make it. Could probably sell them to a Championship League One club, uh, potentially get a bit of money. Uh, next up, Terry, Tom Davies. Uh, so, I know a lot of people want him to be loaned, but, um, and I think that is more likely than being sold because of. Other, you know, other midfielders we might we, we might not want to sell, you know, several midfielders at the same time, regardless of quality. But I've been a big defender of Tom Davies, and I don't dislike the lad at all. But I just think now I've seen enough of him to say, yeah, he's he's not. He, he we finished twelfth, and he didn't look good enough for us. So what do you know? We I think if we got a good offer, it's pure profit on the books because he's an academy player. I'd love to be proven wrong that there's not a player in the club I'd like to be, you know, class more than Tom Davies, local lad, scouser, you know, loves the club and what have you, but I just don't see it. I think it's time for them to move on. So, um, sell, you know, depending on others, other sirens. Yeah, David, do you agree? I'm just going to say keep just to set uh, Barry Williams off from the bobbles. <laughs> now, uh, I, I'd review him in January, keep him for another six months, uh, give him six months under Carlo, and then I'll make a decision in January. So for now, keep him. But, uh, you know, I'm not by any stretch of the imagination uh, making, you know, saying he's good enough at this stage. He hasn't been. Well, I'll keep him, give him that six months stay of execution for me. Yeah, I, I personally think, I kind of agree with you there, David. I think you should be kind of given a chance to show something, but I do think that should be on loan. I think you give him a year loan, if he struggles at whatever the club he goes to, you sell him. Um, I'm not sure if we keep him around how much more he's actually going to prove to Ancelotti. I'm, I'm sure he's seen more than enough of Tom Davis to know that he's he's not a brilliant uh, footballer. I'd personally loan him somewhere, see how he does there, then kind of make a decision on him after that. Um, next one, Gabamin. I think we'll all agree. Keep. I mean, obviously, the, the, the phantom signing, he hasn't, he's played about like two games this season. I don't think we can make an assessment on him. Uh, next up, Terry, Andre Gomez. Keep... Keep. I think he's he's not the, the perfect player we thought he was. I think he's struggled um, at times this season. But I, you know what? Him, how could you possibly you know hold it against the player when they've their foot was pointing the wrong way in November and they were back playing again in in March April? Earlier wasn't it February? Um, but yeah, definitely keep. He's you know he's he's imperfect, but he's still our best midfielder by a street. I think best on the ball. Best vision, best passing range. Just don't ask him to tackle because he can't do it. Yeah, I agree. I think he's another player that's kind of fallen victim to. He's been asked to do something that he he's not a player that he can do. Kind of, he's been asked to be an energetic midfielder, and I think, I think Gomez out of the kind of, the three almost kind of 
scape, uh, scapegoats of kind of the lockdown really were with um, Gomez, Davy Sigurdsson, who kind of came in for some of the most criticism out of any players. Um, I think he's definitely the best. Uh, and I think he can almost, I think he can fit into a four-four-two, but he just has to have energy next to him. So definitely keep him, see what Kabam's like next to him, potentially even bring in a, an, another kind of energetic midfielder to go into that role. But out of the three, definitely, I'd definitely keep uh, Andre Gomez. David, do you agree? I keep with a caveat. If we get the book value back for him at sell, uh, and, and you know, there's, for a four-four-two, I think there's better players out there. Uh, he's not a bad player. Um, I, I do do like him as a footballer, and I think he's been unlucky with the injury. Uh, but um, I think he's one of the few where it's keep with a bit of a, an asterisk next to it. If a, if a bit, bit, you know, a sizable big comes in a decent bit, I think we will be tempted uh, to, to move on um, with pass on the back. And I thank you, Andre Gobes. Yeah, I kind of agree, but I also personally can't see literally anyone bidding from uh, recently, especially since his injury. Um, I can't see any bid coming in from uh, this summer, but potentially, obviously, as you mentioned, if it's a, if it's very good money, potentially uh, move him on. Um, but personally, keep next man being in my existence uh, for the past kind of weeks, months. Gilfie Sigurdsson, Terry, keep, sell, discard, you know, get rid of him. What do you want to do with him? Shoot an answer by Cannon. He's a definite hard sell, isn't he? Like anyone comes in for anything for him, massive wages, doesn't contribute anymore. He used to, fair play to him, he used to be one of our most important players, but that was a full season ago now. and been dreadful so sell 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 yeah david yeah 100% sell um he doesn't fit the system don't know where to play him um and you've almost got to uh, you know uh customize your whole game to fit gilfie sigurdsson into the into the team and i think he's on the way in anyway um so yeah 100 sell yeah completely agree sell him get rid of him by kind of any means necessary you know i, I mean i'll it's the classic phrase i'll drive him there myself but as, as far as players go he's absolutely top of my list for that um, a player that kind of, I, I definitely don't think any of us will sell. Ellis Sims, uh, he's, he's on my list. We might as well mention him. Would you kind of maybe just to look, loan him now? Uh, he, he featured on the bench once. Would you look to loan him or kind of keep him on the, uh, the under-23 setup, Terry? Uh, I'd sell him. Like, I think, you know, you don't want to keep them in the under-23s too long because they might go stagnant. I think you need to get them promoted to the under-23s. And if they stand out, then they need to go out and play men's football as quickly as possible. I'm not an expert on, on the development of players, obviously, but I'd be looking ideally to get him alone to see how he does out in you know in the League One, top of League One championship, maybe whether that's his level, I don't know. But yeah, definitely loan. Yeah, absolutely. Uh David? Loan, yeah, hundred uh, percent. I'm not a massive fan of David Unsworth and, and the way he developed players. Um I, I think that we need to get some of these young lads. If, if Unsworth stay in there, but we need to get some of these young lads out on loan. Competitive football, um, you know, he, he's a natural finisher. I've heard a lot of people talk him up, um, and you know, the other thing we could consider is maybe sell them with a buyback clause, like Barcelona done with Jared Davis, and then you know, if, if he does go out there, proves that he's you know a, a good footballer, we could then buy him back and invoke that buyback clause. Um, so it's something else to consider rather than having a lot of players on loan on the books. Um, but yeah, no, in principle, I'd loan. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I also think we should actively be looking to loan him, not kind of say if an offer comes in, loan him. I think you should be offering him to clubs, basically. He's at the point now, me and Terry have waxed lyrical about this, the under-23 system, how it really just doesn't work anymore. Got to get to a certain age, loan him. If they're good, 
keep them around. If they're not good, try and just move them on. Um, but we're not, obviously this isn't an under-23s video, but I'm sure you'll be able to find plenty of our discussions about that. Kind of <laughs> moving on now, to, uh, away from the youth system. Bernard, uh, I personally think, is a bit of an interesting one. People have certainly got some views on Bernard. David, I'll come to you first. I'm not really sure what your views are on the player. I, I love Bernard as a football player. Um, I like he, the fact he, you know, he can take the ball tight in, in positions and he, he's a bit of a different type of player. However, he just hasn't had the outputs. Um, I, I'm not seeing any signs that he's going to increase that output sufficiently. And I don't think Carly trusts him. He tried to play him off the right for a bit, didn't really work. He hasn't really trusted him to play in the left a lot of a lot of the games he, he's been in charge. And also, uh, consider it's 100% profit if we do sell him. I think uh, it's going to have to be a sell. Um, and, and I think, um, unfortunately, as nice of a football as he is, um, I, I don't think um, he should be here for the long term, the future, really. Yeah, I agree. Seems like a nice lad. Can't really do much. He was definitely exposed over lockdown. Uh, not not a good. He can He just. He's he's a tricky player, but he doesn't fit into the Premier League kind of uh, way of playing at all. Terry, do you agree? No, I keep him. I mean, I I obviously don't think. I think on a on a spreadsheet, it's going to be a no brainer. You know, sell Bernard uh, and keep. It won't be. But for me, I think um, Bernard's a much better footballer. I know he's on higher wages and um, he's not got as much you know sale like market value. But I think he's a much better footballer. I think he's been out of form. I think he's not given a good account of himself since Carlo came in. And he's not like a well beater, you know, he doesn't move the needle enough for stats he needs to improve. He doesn't score enough for his ability, he doesn't assist enough for his ability. However, I do still think he's a very, very good footballer and a good player. And I think his biggest contribution to the team is how much he helps Luca Dean. I think, uh, you know, our most creative player, our, big, our biggest outlet for chance creation, he assists him a lot. So if you think, I know it's a lazy comparison, and I'm not talking about it in quality, but certainly in mould, Pinar didn't get the stats either. Pinar didn't get a lot of assists and a lot of goals. So he's got more than Bernard, I'm sure, but how many did Baines get when Pinar was playing compared to when he wasn't? I think Bernard's that type of player where his value is more to his how much he affects other players in the team when he's on the form. So for me, it's a keep. Yeah, I, I do want to kind of see him in that kind of... And he played it a couple of times, you know, kind of the left-winger role where you kind of move more centrally, uh, which Gordon definitely picked up a lot. Um, in the restart so I mean I, I agree with both points to be fair I, I think he's really struggled I think he struggled especially over lockdown but as you mentioned Terry players can go through bad form maybe not a player will actively look in the cell but again one of those good bid comes in we need money uh, I'd say potentially move him on if there is a good bid if not don't actively look to ship him out but you know I think, I think if everyone was on the same money he'd be a lot safer but the fact that he's on big money makes him more vulnerable I think is the main thing uh, yeah, I, I completely agree. Uh, next up, um, personally, no-brainer, keep Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Terry? Yeah, keep, keep, keep. Yeah, David? Keep, yeah, 100%. Yeah, another simple one there. Um, another, I think, fairly straightforward one again. Uh, but potentially, some might say, potentially might uh, benefit from a loan next season, especially uh, depends on who we're bringing in. Anthony Gordon, Terry, keep, sell, loan. Well, not sell, but keep or loan. <laughs> No, keep definitely keep him around, let him develop, use him as, as he has been being used here and there. Don't overexpose him, try him in different positions. I think he's um, an exciting player and just manage him properly, which we never did with Tom Davies, the last player to break through. Yeah, I agree, David. 
Yeah, hundred percent, Keith. You, you've seen uh, how much Foden has come on. Uh, he hasn't had to go out. You know, he hasn't had to go out on loan necessarily to improve. Um, Pep's put him under his wing, used him as Teddy says there, um, sparingly in the right times, in the you know the right right positions. Um, so yeah, hundred percent keep him, let him learn under Carlo, and uh, he, he could be a fantastic asset moving forward. Uh, yeah, then kind of the man we've already touched on a bit, um, polarizes opinions. I think more than most players in the squad. Terry, Alex Awobi, keep sell, keep um, because. He is a young player. He has still got upside. I don't think we've seen what he can do um, yet because, let's be honest, he's had a stop-start season. He got the injury. He's been played in different positions. He's been bought for a formation we no longer play. So he won't have acquitted himself and shown what he can do at this point. Now, I'm saying keep not because I think he's going to suddenly turn it around, but I'm saying we're not... I'd I'll I'll put me house on, on the market for a pound if we get a mar- we get an offer in for a will be that makes meets us book value in this this market it won't happen so it's an asterisk keep keep because like Pickford we're not going to sell them so we might as well try and you know build them back up to sell them in the future and get you know get our money back for them. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't see him as a player particularly high ceilings but I can say I, I don't think we've seen the best of him so far whether he's going to become a world beater I really don't think so but could just become a player who's who's kind of useful in the squad you know he's, he's not the end of the world you know he's not an awful footballer struggles kind of coming out on that kind of right uh, midfield position where he does have to contribute more defensively so we'll have to see how he goes um, he, he, I'd almost say he'd probably prefer to play off the left coming into the middle um, than he would off the right that's probably even exactly how he might have envisaged his development coming in, uh, kind of under Ancelotti's system. Obviously, he's been put on the right kind of since the restart. Strolled a bit, had a good game against Norwich uh, kind of in the early days, and that was kind of it. David, your opinions on Awobi? Yeah, keep him. Um, especially if we're moving on Gilfie. Um, I, I quite liked um, the fluidity of changing to that 4-4-1-1 in a particular type of game. And uh, if Gilfie's going out, which, which we all want him to, uh, where we could actually play that that kind of ten roll on a four four one one. Um, you know, you, uh, we haven't seen the best of him. Um, I think he's done specific roles in certain types of games where he's played a lot deeper to, to you know to benefit the size. We will see an improvement out and we'll have to shadow it out next season and then let's review it next summer. Uh, yeah, I think it's almost commendable that he, he has been willing to kind of change position. We've seen players like Gilfie Sigurdsson, if he's not playing on the number 10, he's not playing at all. It's effectively his motto. I think it's I think it's a good sign of where he's happy to play off the right, off a more defensively. So we'll have to see how he develops. Uh, next one, Terry Moyskeen. Oh yeah, definitely keep. I think, um, you know, he's in a tough first season, but I still think there's a lot more to come from him. I think people lose, I think his price tag hurt him. Because a lot of fans thought we were getting this new superstar player, and even he said when his first press conference, um, you know, set himself a low goal target or what people felt was low at the time. He's a kid, he's a baby. He's got, you know, he's still learning football. He's still learning. You know, he's come. He's in a new country, new team, everything. I know these are the points that everyone touches on, but I, he's only going to improve, and I think we'll see much more from him next season. So keep. Yeah, David. Yeah, 100% Keith. Um, 
you've seen, we've seen him in the lockdown. Um, I mean, I struggled with them battle ropes at the best of times, and he's doing that. You know, he's doing that at midnight in you know in, in the water. Uh, you know, he reminds me almost of what DCL done twelve months ago, and, and DCL's had a huge season this season. He seems to have got his head down. He's working hard. Um, I think Marco Silva didn't know how to use him. Um, he didn't suit a one up front, and then he struggled in that system, as did a lot of players. The best thing that could have happened to Everton Football Club is Carlo Ancelotti, and it's also possibly the best thing that could happen to Moise Keane. You know, he, uh, Italian manager that he will no doubt respect has come in, and I, I can see him getting the best of him next season. The abilities that you want out of a centre forward in the Premiership is that you know he's big, he's powerful, he can hold defenders off. You know, he's got pace. He's got all that in abundance for me now. He should be setting goal targets, seven eight goals next season. Get him on the pitch more, um, and uh, that that will contribute to uh, you know we need plus twenty five next season in my opinion uh, to be where we need to be, you know, and I think he can contribute seven or eight goals towards that target of where we need to improve and, and goal scores. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Uh, definitely keep. Um, I'm not even going to say it, Richardson. Keep. Uh, I doubt there's literally anyone. I, I would. I think you'd struggle to find anyone uh, that would want to sell Richardson. I don't think any of them are here, though. Uh, so we'll move on from that one. Cheng Tosin, Terry, keep, sell, loan him potentially again. What, what would you do with him? Uh, sell. He's um, 29 now, is he? Or he's about to be 29. And he's, um, he's going to be the fourth choice striker. And I don't think he'd do that badly in a 4-4-2, but he's, he's a sellable asset and he's, he's too low down the... Um, the pecking order of strikers to be worth keeping around. I'd like to see him sold, but not because I dislike him as a player. I just think the circumstances dictate that it's probably be the best for him and for the club for him to be sold. So I'd say so. Yeah, I agree. Uh, sell him. I think there was a rumour the day the quote fee somewhere around ten million wouldn't be the end of the world. Um, obviously, sign him for a bit higher than that. Um, he's he's obviously massively dropped off. He is obviously he came back from Palace early because of his injury. If we can ship them for ten million, I completely agree. Sell them, David. Do you agree? Yes, one hundred percent. I think Fenerbahce have just sold a striker, or in the process of selling a striker, uh, sixteen million euros to to Lazio, and, and I'm looking at Chelsea. So we may we may well get that. You know, as you say, not not the feedback, but we'll get his book value and maybe a million, you know, one million or two million more. So yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. And then kind of the final player of my my squad players this year, we do have. Four loan players, which we'll get to, but the final player, Theo Walcott. Terry, what what do we do with Walcott now? Uh, keep him. I think um, he's he's lucky that he's the only player who's who fits that right hand side position. I think that if there was another right hand side midfielder, naturally, I think he'd be on the sell list just because he's you know his abilities. You know, it is what it is, but there isn't. So he's he's the only player who fits that form that position until we buy another one. So he's definitely on the keep list, just by virtue of that for me. Uh, yeah, I agree, David. Yeah, we're not We're not going to... He's got 12 months left on his contract as well, so we're not going to get a significant bid. There's no um, really benefit to selling him uh, at this present time. Uh, so as a backup right, right midfielder, when we do get a better player in, uh, 100% uh, at this time, I'm going to keep him. Yeah, definitely keep him. Um, make a judgment on him later as to his contract. Um I'm, I'm not sure if I'd renew it, to be fair. You might renew it if you can't find too many more right-wingers, really. I personally wouldn't, but it just depends kind of what their opinions are on squad depth. I don't think he's good enough to be, really be part of the squad, but at the moment, we have no one else who is a natural right-winger, as Terry mentioned. I personally wouldn't extend his contract, but the club the club might. Uh, we'll have to see how the season goes, really, but the club might even do it purely for depth. 
I personally wouldn't. I think David was shaking his head there. I think he agrees that he wouldn't extend his contract either. Uh, Terry, would you extend his contract at the end of this year? I wouldn't, but I think they will. I think what they'll do yeah. is they, they'll give him that Baines sort of deal where they'll, if they bring in a right midfielder to replace him, whether that may be, and if they settle, especially, I mean, even more so if they don't settle, but if they settle, I think um, he'll get an one of those one-year extensions or maybe one year with an option of a second year on probably reduced terms because yeah, I believe he's on quite high wages as well. But I think they'll keep him around as like experienced professional squad cover. Would I do it? No, I'd like to see him moved on and us to move on to someone younger and you know really remodel the team. But I definitely see it happening. Yeah, I agree. I, if I was in, if I was making those decisions, as some people in the uh, the comments of a recent video thought I was, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, extend his contract. But I can see the club potentially doing it as a squad option. Now onto four players. They've been out on loan. Three, I think, are pretty obvious. One we might debate. First of all, uh, he gives out shirts. Uh, Keely, big fan of the old Twitter. Terry Yannick Balassi, what do you do with them now? <laughs> Sell them. I'm sure into Milan love them because Lukaku likes to have them around, doesn't he? So, and they seem to like washed up Premier League players as well, like the Ashley Youngs of the world. And you so picked a Moses. <laughs> yeah, so I'd sell them. It's 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 not worked out for them at Everton. The injury came at a bad time, and then the manager switched around, and the club have already made it clear. Having he's play, training with the under twenty threes, and he's for sale or for loan. Yeah, I wouldn't keep him around. I, I obviously know he's got on a lot of people's good side recently. And fair play too, seems like a nice fella. But I just think as a footballer, it's his times past him in this Everton team. Yeah, I agree. He seems like a nice bloke, but it's clearly a very easy thing to do. If you're not in favour with the fans, what do you do? You give them a bunch of shirts, you talk to them on Twitter. You know, I mean, that, that goes a long way, apparently. I still don't think he's a good enough footballer. Um, David, do you agree? Yeah, hundred uh, percent. You know, it's not not, not the nice guy competition. Uh, we need to be ruthless as a club now, uh, moving forwards. Uh, Carlo Ancelotti, I'm sure, will be set the bar high. And the days of us being, you know, uh, you know, too nice to some of these players and keep them on for too long, I think, is gone. Um, it, you know, I think he's a cracking fella. Been really unlucky. His career could have worked out totally different. For, you know, if he wouldn't have got that injury with us, but it is what it is. We are where we are, and uh, yeah, we've got to move him on and probably be loan and then yeah, out, you know, his contract to win the loans. Um, but good luck to him, uh, fella. Yeah. Um, then the next one, the the deal that seemed like a, an almost no-brainer at the time. Uh, I think most of us feel quite stupid for that now. Sandro. Um, Really struggled in the Premier League. 5.2 million, everyone was like, oh, can make plenty of profit on him. I think we might even make a loss on him now. I'm sure some Spanish team might pick him up. He's been on loan to a couple of them now. Sell him for me. Terry, uh, David, are we, are we all in agreement we sell in uh, Sandro now? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'd, be, I'd, be, I'd love to hear an argument to keep him, let's be honest. Sandro... Sandra's own parents wouldn't, wouldn't be able to give you that argument. To <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, absolutely sell. Um, I think it'd be interesting to see how much someone buys him for because five million is still very low. Obviously, we've paid him God knows how much money uh, in the past couple of years uh, to do absolutely nothing. Um, but we'll see how that one goes. He's going to be looked to. They're going to look to sell him. I think. I think that's guaranteed uh, this year. Mohamed Besic, um, Sheffield United fans like him uh, for the ones I've spoken to anyway. Everton fans like him, not a brilliant player though, really. Um, Terry, keep sell, loan. Sell, I mean, I, I was always one of the 
the fans of Mohamed Bezic, but that was that was years ago. You know what I mean? It's it's it, like like Balassi. It's is it, you know got injuries at the time at a bad time, and you know that's high turnover of managers um, when he wasn't in front when he wasn't at the club and when he wasn't playing. Yeah, it's to sell, isn't it? I mean, not a bad player. Don't hold any ill will against him. He's certainly not as bad as some of the other players we've had to get rid of, but he's got no future here, so sell. Yeah, David, do you agree? Yeah, not good enough, sell. Yeah, he's a... I mean, not good enough for us. Could be good enough for maybe even a lower Premier League team. And they're the kind of players I think we need to be cashing in on, really. Um, That's how we're going to raise the funds. We're not going to sell kind of the big hitters like we've sold in the past, like Lukaku... Um, your Barkley, who are going to bring in more money. We need to kind of make up our money now from the dead wood, effectively. I think the final player on our list, um, maybe maybe the most disputed player of them all, uh, Terry, John Joe Kenny, what, what do we do with them now? I'd sell them. Um, because I think when we come to replace Holman, I don't think it'll be an outright replacement this season, but certainly by the start of next season. I want him replaced either by someone who's brought in now and has given time to bed in or a new player you know, that summer. And I think we should be looking at someone who's better than Kenny. Um, I still think Kenny's a decent player. I still think we should get decent money for him. And he'll probably you know, have a Premier League career if that's where he goes in, in this league. But I want to write back Luca Dean. I want that type of player, um, that level of player to come in and, and make that position their own for the long term. Don't see that being Kenny, so I'd, I'd sell. Uh, yeah, I agree, David. Uh, yeah, no, it's an ideal world. I'd keep him. Uh, financial fair play wasn't a thing, uh, but you know the hundred percent value is going to appeal to us. He's, you know, he's he's good in a lot of areas. He's not great in any, uh, but he's, you know, he's a nice, nice young uh, scouts player, and I like that having them in the squad. I like having them in the sides. Like I say, financial fair play wasn't a thing. I'd be looking to, to keep him, but it is. So I think, sadly, that's going to result in, in John Joe Kenny being sold. Yeah, definitely, I agree. Very appealing prospect to the club, uh, making money on a player that obviously has come through the academy. I'd sell him now. I think he's another one of those players that I mentioned are all right, but in a time where we need to make money to improve the first team, not just the squad, uh, I'd be looking to move John Joe Kenny on. Uh, so there you have it. I don't think I've missed any players. Uh, I really hope I haven't. Obviously, I'm sure the comments will let me know if I have. Um, as well in the comments, do let us know all of these, <laughs> all the players. Um, keep, sell, loan, you know, ship them off to Iceland, uh, whatever you want to do with any of them, basically. Um, so let us know in the comments below. Thank you very much for watching. Of course, thanks to Terry and David for joining me. Um, be sure to check out all their social media, all our social media, and um, join us next time on the Toffee Blues. Okay, so they are the end of our video segments. Uh, and Terry today is gonna it's gonna rest a bit easier than usual. Uh, he knows he's not gonna get embarrassed by me on the quiz as he does pretty much every week. Um, he's gonna go up against David uh, today. Um, I've been sent oh, the quiz by John as usual. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've been sent the quiz. Um, David uh, Terry knows our quizzes very well. David, effectively on our quizzes uh, is what we do. We get kind of a standout game, um, and then we take it in turns to kind of name the the players that were in that lineup, first one to get one wrong effectively loses. Um, on technicality, sometimes we we spill into the Villarreal. I've just told you what the team is. Uh, it will be Big Doug's testimonial where we played Villarreal. Sometimes we do spill into kind of the opposition team. Um, obviously, I lost on a technicality to Terry kind of last week or the week before, which I'm still fuming about. Uh, when it comes to substitutions, uh, we only accept used subs uh, that came on. But 
as David's the guest, uh, we're going to start off. So, what was the date? I can't even remember now. 2nd of August 2015, Everton 1, um, Villarreal 2, Big Doug's testimonial. Um, so, I mean, you'll be able to use his name at some point if, you, if you're really desperate for an answer. Uh, so, we'll start the, the dramatic quiz music now on the podcast, as we always do. Coming over to David first, who's your first player on your list? And are these started or just played in the game? Um, they can, as long as they've played, uh, you can name them, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll have to go with uh, Wayne Rooney to start there, won't we? Wayne Rooney, he definitely did play. Uh, yeah, uh, Terry? Um, Duncan Ferguson. Duncan Ferguson, that's a, that's a big name. Terry's pulled out the hat there, but he's uh, he's got that one absolutely right, David. Up next. Um, I'm now trying to think back. Uh, I'm assuming um, straight away that uh, Jagielka played in it. Yep, Jagielka started. Um, Terry? Tyus Browning. Tyus Browning did uh, came on as a substitution. Did he, did he score? He scored he the, yeah. the one goal. Uh, remarkably, he's off in China now, isn't he? He seems like one of those kind of forgotten men. Uh, it was a strange move to kind of end up in China, but uh, obviously, I hope he's done well for himself. Uh, David, you're up next. Uh, do do um, Leon Osman. Leon Osman did start. Yep, yeah. uh, Terry. Seamus Coleman. Coleman started as well. Uh, David? Uh, he's got to have started surely unless he was injured. Leighton Baines. Leighton Baines absolutely <laughs> did start. Um, <laughs> I think we've, we've rattled off more, most of the no-brainers there. Um, Terry? Uh, See, so yeah, what I do is I try and think of like the era, not the actual match. Like so, because un- until recently, the teams were pretty easy to remember because we only had like fourteen players. But we've got the back for Tim Howard. Tim Howard did start in that game. Yeah, uh, David. I was going to use Tim Howard. When we do these quizzes, right? Joel Robles. Interestingly, no, uh, he didn't make any oh, appearance. Didn't oh, even come oh, off the bench. Uh, yeah. Since this is a Thomas quiz, and I play fairly, Terry, you're going to have to get an answer right. Uh, or it goes back to David. Terry, you just need to get this one right uh, to win the game. Choose the song for the end of the podcast. No pressure at all, obviously. Um, who are you picking? Uh, back for keeper Osman Gareth Barry. Um, Gareth Barry did start uh, Terry takes this quiz um, got pretty tense there I mean after we rattled off Rooney and Ferguson looks like uh, you're on the rocks for a bit both of you there but obviously Terry comes out on top um, Terry have you, have you got a song in mind that, you, that you'd like to end the podcast with? Uh, not yet should we do, try and do the rest of the team? Like We can carry on the rest of the team while Terry yeah. thinks definitely uh, David who you got up next? Um, I'm, I'm trying to think back to the, uh, the old Martinez days Um Again, uh, maybe Kone. Aruna Kone started the game. Yeah, bit of a bit of a cult hero. Somehow lasted far too long than I thought he might do. But um, yeah, yeah, Aruna Kone did start. Terry. Um. Oh. Um. I know this because I've got a, a a friend of mine works in Everton, and I remember him telling me a good story about this player from that day. 
Uh, can't tell you what it is because it's not that exciting. But um, yeah, it's it's just a private thing. But Ross Barkley. Ross Barkley. Yep, he came on for Aruna Kone. Stephen Naismith. Naismith came off a a player who started, who I'm not going to say, <laughs> Terry. <laughs> um, Morales. Yeah, Morales. Naismith obviously came on for Morales. Then obviously Ferguson came off for Naismith. Uh, double substitution there. Uh, David, you got any any other names? Uh, there, we've got. Four left, unless unless you want to start getting cocky and going to the Villarreal team, but I think that's unlikely. I think we'll just stick to the Everton team. I've just uh, I've just hoped that he actually was fit, but James McCarthy seemed to be fit about that. that that's our period as well. Yeah, James McCarthy started. Three names left. Terry, you got any more? Tom Cleverley. Tom Cleverley. Yeah, he was replaced by Wayne Rooney. Um, two left. Oh. I'm great on the Martinez era ones. <laughs> <laughs> you get your brown shoes on there, Terry, we pan the camera down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm actually looking at Spotify to see if I can find a song. I've never got one picked because that's how that's how often I win that I've never actually got a song prepared. <laughs> David, can you think of either of the last two? I mean, there's a name that's... St- I mean, I know I've got the list in front of me, but there is a name that sticks out for me anyway. Um, seeing as Brown and go, go away, but I'll just go with Brendan Galloway for the hell of it. No, he, he didn't make he didn't make an appearance. I don't even think he was on the bench. To be fair, Terry. Oh. Jesus. Um, oh, we played last night. Oviedo. No, uh, he wasn't there either. I don't think. Um, uh, I'm I'm, I'm going to double check that because he sounds like a player that would have been there. But um, no, uh, no, he didn't make an appearance. He was an unused sub. Um, I'll give you a bit of a hint. The unused subs were Robles, Oviedo. Ryan Ledson, bit of a throwback there. I mean, this, this is just a bunch of young players that clearly haven't made it. Brennan Galloway, Grant and uh, Walsh, who's now at uh, Bristol City, I think it is, um, unless he moved on since then. Two players left. I'll, I'll just leave this up for anyone now. No Bessage. No, no Mohamed Bessage. Luke Garbutt. No Luke Garbutt. Cool. There's a, a player I'm surprised that neither of you got so far, uh, to be fair. Maybe he... he he did, obviously. I'm not going to give you any hints, actually. I don't know what I was about to tell you there. Pina? No, Pina. Zistan, just a bit. No, but he, he did play in the back four as the player that's left. Guys, this is going to annoy me this now. Alcaraz? <laughs> no, 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 until an Alcaraz. Wait, so we've had, we've, we've, we've had Coleman, Browning, um... Jagielka Baines back four, obviously Browning came on. John Stones. John Stones, absolutely. He was the final starter that you didn't come up with. Then a player on the bench. Um, I I don't know if either of you get him. I've actually completely forgotten about him completely. Um, he was a he was a youth player that then got moved on. I think he was a bit of a bright prospect. Any last any last ditch guesses? Um. John Lundstrom was he still? No, he wasn't there. Was he? No, no, Lundstrom. Well, long, well gone. Um, Adam Forshaw. No, no. I think he was a you know a bright prospect back then. <laughs> Pennington. No, uh, I'm going to put put us out of our misery here. Oh wait, uh, 
think I've got it. The other oldest prospect, Conor McElhaney. Yeah, absolutely. He came up with Leon Osmond. <laughs> yeah, he's, um, I don't the, the know where 40, he is. Forty-year-olds, the forty-year-old wonder kid. <laughs> yeah, so testimonial soon, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I, I do wonder where he's actually ended up now. Um, I'm not going to waste yeah, my just, time looking for it. To be fair, but. I can't believe he played. I just started picking names out when I said Pennington. I started. I, it reminded me of old youth players, and it, he popped in me because the three I always think of: McElhaney, Pennington, and Garbutt. Yeah, I'm, I'm just fuming. He didn't rotate the keeper around at half time. It's just rude, but you did get unfortunate there in a testimonial. To be fair, yeah, that is unfortunate. Terry, have you uh, have you chosen a song? Yes, um, I will. I would like "Shoot to Thrill" by ACDC because it is the theme song for Iron Man Two, and Iron Man Two is a great film, and that is all <laughs> the I need. Well, there you have it. Uh, Terry's picked a song that I don't think I've actually ever been on, and Terry's actually picked a song that I actually know. Uh, remarkably, I think I think the age gap is a, is a bit telling when it comes to my and Terry's song choices. Um, obviously, well, well, that came out in 2010, so <laughs> we I was still eight. To be fair, I, I was eight in 2010. I know I've been watching Iron Man. Oh, you were eight in 2010. That's horrible. <laughs> I don't really make you feel old, to be fair, but uh, that is how young I am. To be fair. <laughs> anyway, that is uh, the end of the podcast. Thank you all very much for listening. Um, Another uh, Terry so well in the past few weeks on the quizzes. To be fair, um, he wins on a technicality one week against me. Uh, I slip up one week, and now he wins when I'm hosting it and I'm not even taking part. Uh, so I'm sure I'll be back to beat Terry uh, very soon. Obviously, thank you as always for Terry for joining us, and thank you for David here uh, from the County Road Problems podcast. As I mentioned before, thank you for coming on, David. Pleasure, pleasure. Thanks for having us, lads. Yeah, much appreciated. Thank you all very much for listening. Be sure to check out all the videos that will go up on YouTube. Obviously, you've heard it all already, but obviously, if you if you want to see us, um, if you want to see what we look like, as always, on the podcast, uh, be sure to check out the YouTube channel. Plenty of other videos going on there as well, daily, 24-7, transfer news, rumours, reports, all of that business until hopefully uh, we actually sign someone. So thank you all very much for listening and join us next time on the Toffee Blues.